You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to Uncommon Truth. We're in for a special treat today. We're doing one of our infamous Q&A sessions where we never infamous. quite know what we're going to get. This is famous? Uh, infamous. infamous. Yeah. Who people? is this famous with? <laughs> Our viewership, listenership. Yeah. Someone describe what infamous means. When you add an M to uh, famous, what does it mean? That means that nobody listens. No, oh. it means it's uh, famous for the wrong reasons. <laughs> oh, because I got to tell you. Well, there you go. That should be our tagline. Yeah. The uncommon truth, famous for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> But uh, Steve's we, on a roll today. We are, I've joined it with, by Steve and Vicky, as you can tell, as always, and we've been having uh, lots of laughs before we got started, so yes. hopefully it might continue. Who knows? Who knows? Steve's here. He's loads of laughs. Oh, He's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like a, do we have what? A song for us? I could sing at the cross, but you probably wouldn't recognize it. <laughs> I've been singing something this weekend. I cannot remember what it was, but I've really enjoyed Oh, I just was singing... Um, uh, uh, what's the one about Mercedes-Benz? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Won't you Benz? buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends? I don't know. I think oh, I, I'll I, drive I, Porsches. I, think I, I didn't even I have the right tune <laughs> Janis Joplin, you, baby. You it. I had the wrong tune. I could probably sound like Janis Joplin. Oh, Lord, oh, won't, Lord you, won't you buy me, me That's how she sounded. a Mercedes-Benz? You sound... I wish I could hold... I mean, honestly, if I wish I could do something, I wish I could sing. So does everybody around me at church, but... Jesus loves us cheerful. You lead us into worship. I lead. I and am a I have said leader. for forty-three years. <laughs> but actually, wonderfully, that brings us into our first question. For About why Vicky sings so loud? No, okay. which is uh, one of our friends asked us, "What's your favorite music to dance to as a couple?" Oh, lights. For me, it's hands down, uh, light rock seventies. Yeah. Forever and always by Looking Glass. And just there's a lot of songs in the 70s that you can actually hear the words to. That always helps. And then um, some of some of the, you know, the real love songs. Um, Elvis has a few. And I uh, just, uh, I like, I like, what's the guy? Um, I like Al Green. Um, I like the 70s. But he thinks it's more bubblegum music. But because I didn't get into hard rock and roll. But what's your favorite to dance to? I like those, uh, those like Tower of Power and those kind of. You're still a young you know, the man. Dan- the dancing songs. Yeah. But for me, it's what you said, the words, you know. Yeah. So, like, the way you look tonight. The w- oh, I know, know that so song. That when you're dancing, yeah. you can actually say the words along with the song to your mate yeah. and to your dance partner. Oh. And, um, you know, just, like it just becomes more romantic and more fun. We love to dance. You know? Every every wedding, we um, every slow, slow song, dance, we always get together, but in some weddings, it's like, where's all the slow yeah, dances? We, we dance a lot of fast ones, you know, and just because I like also music that allows you to just get a little crazy, a little funky, you know, a little <laughs> we're, we're rock just and go- goofy out there. Yeah. I don't like we, the, you know, the old we, 70s. We like Van. Weird, weird 70s dancing is, I, I like the weird 21st century dancing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I yes. like watching you guys do line dances because I don't do those. But, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we like Van Morrison. Good. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You know, we'll have one more fun question before we get get serious, which is this one's for both of you. So I'll, I'll let uh, Vicky answer it first. Good. But what's your favorite uh, funny story about the other person? So, oh, Steve. So for you, Steve. Do you story. want me tell it? Yeah. Oh, this is t- this is so funny. So. Steve is one of these kind of guys who just tries to just he's very he's more serious than I am let's just say that no way and and I do things all the time that are very funny and uh, I just I enjoy them so one day I said to Steve the kids were in grade school and um, I said don't you ever do anything stupid you know don't you ever just make it stupid choices or and he looked at me and he put his head down his chin down to his chest he goes well actually something happened like three or four days he hadn't told me three or four days ago he was dro- he was dropping the kids at the little local grade school anthony anthony well they were all there but uh, this is my story i was just dropping anthony my story and he was driving the ki- he was dropping the kindergartner my son anthony and he had to go to the bathroom and so he had to go all up quickly and it was number one 
not number two. Too much so, information. Too much information. So he goes, he, he goes across the, the uh, playground to the little kid's bathroom, and he sees the principal. Hi, Mr. Hutchinson. Hi, Miss. Hi, Steve. And he waves at him, and he goes into the, into the bathroom. And when we were kids, they had these things called um, trough urinals. Mm-hmm. And so Steve presumed that's what they were at, in the grade school bathroom and he was he was in there and and the door bursts open and a little boy probably second or third grade stood there staring at him and probably for a few seconds or yeah few, just stared right at me stared right <laughs> at but just with his mouth open like like what are you doing here and what happened Go ahead, i Bishop. said i like he was staring at me, i said what what's wrong he go, he just got incredulous and he backed up and he says peeing in the sink <laughs> and i looked down and, and realized it's a sink i'm peeing in it's a little short and he, i turned back around just shocked and he just darted into a oh, stall he was and nervous. locked the door he probably told his mom yeah so i oh i finished gosh. up and left and i'm thinking oh my gosh he's gonna tell his teacher he's gonna tell the principal and Mr. he's gonna Hutchins. well i saw steve orsillo out there today Years later, uh, I talked to that principal, and uh, he, he, sure enough, he, he knew it was me. <laughs> he, he laughed his rear off. I said, you, you held this in for like three or four days, and you didn't tell me? I mean, this is like the, like one of the worst things that could probably happen um, for, you know, to traumatize a little child like that. And it was, and he just, he just, you ran out, you ran out of the bathroom. Oh, quickly, I ran right? out, left that school so quick, yeah. man. I was hoping no one would see me. And then I went, that little boy told somebody. And then we we're a very off, visible family. Got all the way to the principal, you know. Yeah, years later, we finally. Infamous. There's another one, but I should probably not say that one. Well, no. no. Okay. <laughs> now, no. It's now what we'll, we'll, I don't uh, know what it is, but oh, I don't want. Sit in the want, dark with the TV on. Oh, no, that's yeah, yeah. too long. Yeah. <laughs> too long a story. Uh, but now I'll, I'll pass the baton over to Steve to. Uh, well, my funny, the funniest story about her, in my opinion, is one that makes it, it plays a joke on me. It just she's so hilarious is we Nicole was a baby and we had to stop at this grocery store after church and I had to run in. I wanted to I needed a razor and I bought a razor and um, and I went and got it and was coming back to the checkout stands and she was going to wait in the car with the baby. But instead, she got out, got her out of her car seat brought her in and she's waiting at the checkouts for me Nicole and she's like yells, three weeks old she yells across the safeway steve orsillo and i look at her like what are you doing i mean for me i'm completely shocked that she's standing there yelling my name out loud for everyone to hear it's loud enough for the whole supermarket to hear she said i've been looking for you for nine months this is your baby <laughs> and I just I'm walking up to her like realizing I didn't bring any money in and like they're like 30 cents in those days a razor right I'm like hey I, I, need, I don't I don't have any money can you give me some she goes money you want money from me you owe me money you owe me money and uh, I, it was just hilarious I was so embarrassed and all these all the lady checkout ladies and shooting daggers oh they were all just they were laughing at her and and you know as she stood next to me and paid for the razor they knew it was a joke but right at the beginning it was like I felt like hair on a biscuit you know like if you had hair on a biscuit you'd be looking at it close like what's that doing on that biscuit that don't belong there and people were staring at me like that you know like that's funny like I was crazy anyway it was pretty funny story i like that well let's uh did you like that story that was good that's a good story yeah yeah. i've heard it it a time or two yeah yeah, but yeah yeah. it's 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 timeless yeah it's infamous yes it's infamous (laughs) (laughs) and when you put i am on the front of famous what does that mean no inf i n not m infamous it's i n oh my kevin can you get us a definition of infamous (laughs) Infamous. oh my gosh he just said it was i am famous infamous no it's i n infamous right yes yes Yes, go ahead. Please oh, we're gonna, correct we're gonna, Steve on, we're gonna wait on for camera. This, we're going to wait for this definition. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's correct Steve. Well known, well known for some bad quality or deed. Ooh. Well known for some bad quality or deed. How, how is it spelled? I am. I'm sorry, N or M? N. N like a Nancy? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, back to the podcast. <laughs> um, we've had, so in this season, season four, we've, we've looked at 
the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation 2 That's and 3. That's been fabulous. And we've looked through uh, the book of Ephesians, and we've covered quite a lot of ground. And it's been a really um, just life-changing time, really, perspective shift on a lot of things. So we've got some questions that are... Pertinent. That are sort of based on things we've talked about. And then we've got Steve's pointing a throat at us. Infamy, that's not... Okay, Okay, everybody, It's he's trying to be right. He told us to stop, but the he's... The state of being well-known for some bad quality or deed. But it's, it's an, infamous. An infamy. I-N. Look at the word. Oh, it's infamous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> go ahead, go anyway. ahead. I'm, I'm so, with your next question. It proves that we are both right. I-N or I-M. <laughs> I-N or I-M is infamous. No. Infamy. Yeah. It'll it was, live in infamy. They both mean the yeah. same thing. As uh, one of your children once said. What? I'd love to agree with you, but then we'd both be both wrong. Both be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that was her, yeah. their father who said that the first time. Oh, well. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, what's the question? So we'll start with this one, which is we talked in uh, <laughs> Revelation, we talked about uh, Laodicea and the being uh, lukewarm, right? Yeah. So what, how do you define what a lukewarm Christian looks like? Someone who has to accept it be right. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty easy to define what an in, uh, uh, lukewarm person is. Yeah. So, the description of the new covenant has a Christian, somebody who denies themselves, follow Jesus, who lays down their life for their brother, who um, is hot for Jesus, uh, loves loves him more than mother father brother sister sons and daughters has him at the throne of their life i mean these descriptions are directly from the descriptions of the apostles the leaving behind everything you know the what does it profit a man if he finds his life but loses his soul isn't it better to lose your life so you basically quit being you you quit your life is no longer your own but it belongs to god and not in not in a wordy way, but in a real life living way, and that is a person who's hot for God. And you can you can basically read the seven letters that we looked at, and you can see what hot for God means. And so, cold for God would be you are more or less you either one of two things: you don't believe He exists, you don't care that He exists, and or you you do think He exists and you don't like Him. Mm-hmm. And so you're either cold you're hot or you're lukewarm Mm -hmm. the problem is that lukewarm is i mean it's so it's easy you're not hot for god you believe in him but you're not hot for him he is not the focus of your life another another description of a person hot is you trust in god for your life you trust in him to take care of you you know like most of us are swung into Trusting in our education, trusting in our the, the what what the paycheck is, what yeah. the benefits are, what the government is, you know, and how they take care of us, and so it is so much the work of the world system to make you lukewarm. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people believe that the world system that that to be the to be missing it would be to ha- to be non-belief. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's the 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 number one process. The number Attribute. one um, um, goal of the world system is not to make you a non-believer. It's to make you it's a believer. So it's allow you your belief wow. without your sacrifice and your faith and your walking it out. Okay, ineffective. Uh, all of the verses, like someone just writes on Facebook, it is finished as an answer to everything. Hmm. Like we need to be people who love our neighbor as we love ourselves, mm-hmm. or even go to the next level. We're supposed to be people. The command of Christ is love one another as I have loved you. So either one of those things, love your neighbor as you love yourself causes you to grow towards lukewarmity to love, to love your neighbor as God has loved you. That's radical. You're that guy's hot for God. You're not going to love anyone the way you've been loved unless you're all in on this mm-hmm. thing. And so lukewarm is anything but it's not all in. Yeah. And, the, and, and, there's this, and the deception is, like I just said, that was what I was trying to say, the, the deception is that the world system, if it, it's not effective unless it makes you not believe, yeah. and that's not true. It's allowing you your belief. It's allowing you your church attendance. It's allowing your re- religious affiliation. Mm-hmm. But making sure that you believe that your physical actions have nothing to do with your spiritual salvation 
That's that's uh, that's what lukewarm is. Is anyone not hot for God? That's good. Vicky, any thoughts? No, I think that's really good. I, I think what he said was so fascinating that if the, the world system doesn't want you not to believe, but I think it does even more damage to Jesus when you when you become lukewarm. Because, you know, Jesus said, I wish you were cold. You know, I mean, I wish you didn't know at all, you know, but to be lukewarm is just like I'd rather spit you out of my mouth, you know. And I think that's fascinating that it's actually the world system um, to be, to entice you to be that, it, it, it causes all kinds of, of sadness, I think, for the Lord and stuff. And for you, it's just, it, you know, I just, I don't like anything with lukewarm. I just, I don't. I, Steve, Steve, does, Steve could drink things lukewarm. I can't stand coffee that's lukewarm or French fries. Uh, French fries are the worst because their grease kind of gets, you know, uh, you know, and I like things hot. And <laughs> Like you, Steve. You're very hot. I well, like hot. you. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I like you. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I'm hot for Jesus. Because you're not as good lukewarm. You're better I'm hot, hot for Jesus. So anyway, you're hot for Jesus. So, I mean, it's just it's just interesting. Lukewarm is such a, it's a epidemic in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> what is the matter with you? Kevin, it's Kevin. Um, <laughs> so with that, for some, one of the questions that we got was for the people who are um, maybe working at a job or they're yeah. kind of like, they're not in ministry in the way that you are we are and kind of like how how does that how do they stay hot or stay on fire and not just kind of grow that's good get distracted by the other stuff how do you what does that look like that life you want to answer that one no (laughs) (laughs) um he said he said did you hear the question no. Okay. So answering he, Larry Courtney. Okay. Um, he said that how do you how do you work if you're not in ministry and stay how do you stay hot and working outside ministry? Go ahead. You have to put the Lord's principles first. You have to be a carpenter or a technician or a office worker for the glory of God. I am here to glorify Jesus. I am not here to make the county successful. I am here to make Jesus famous. I am here to join his story, not try to drag him into my story. And so I am a contractor for the glory of the kingdom. I'm not a contractor to make my family successful to Mm. make, you know, like everybody says, you got to leave your kids this comfortable inheritance and i'm like i'm not taking away my kids need to struggle and strive for their faith because i don't want them to be lulled into the sleep of lukewarmity Hmm. i'm not trying to make it an easy road for them i'm not trying to make it comfortable i want them to have to reach for the bar and when they can find the bar i want the bar moved Hmm. i want them to do like i to reach for it to press on paul says i mean we just want to forget all these words and say press on Paul says, I pummel my body into submission. I run the race. I keep my eye on the prize. I press on to the upward call. And it's an upward call. It's not downhill sliding. It's upward trudging. Mm-hmm. It is. We got to keep going. And so in that world, with, I mean, doing tires for a living. I'm doing tires for Jesus. And it really is. The phrase we use around here that cannot, it cannot be forgotten. I work for Jesus. We had a preacher come to our church and say, I don't work for Jesus. I'm a son of the father. Oh, the sons of the father don't Don't have to work for for Jesus. They don't have to work for the father. Then what about all those parables that said he comes and finds his servants? One's working and one's not. The one not working gets thrown out. The one working gets, gets given an inheritance of the vineyard. It's good. He one day will own the vineyard. Yeah. And all of these parables, I don't know why we don't want to. We want to forget them. They they shouldn't be forgotten. It's I do work for Jesus, and I when I, and I've been a carpenter. I've had two full time jobs most of my life, and I did them so that I could do this ministry. But the ministry that I was doing was also in the daily building of houses. I ran into phenomenal amounts of people in building houses, and I had to be the Christian man that I am over here preaching on this microphone to children. I was a youth pastor. So I'm preaching to children, leading them in worship. And then I'm out in the daytime working with men, building houses and and building houses is rough and they're rough. They're, they're rough around the edges, man. (laughs) And I had to remain a Christian example and know that I'm here in this work field as a minister as well. I'm not just here to make money. I'm not here just to, just to support my ministry. 
I'm here to be a ministry because there's this old saying we've used quite often. You're either a missionary to the, to the workplace mm -hmm. or you're a mission field and we need to send you a missionary mm -hmm. to save you and to rescue by teaching you the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. His teachings are amazing. Any branch in me that does not bear good fruit will be cut off and thrown in a fire, but any branch in me that does bear good fruit will be lifted up by your Father. It'll be given air, be fed and, and watered to produce more fruit and fruit that remains. That's good. Abundant fruit. You know, 30, 60, and 100-fold return on the fruit. So <clears throat> that's... And that's it for me. I think I think the um, thing th that resonates with me is that you work you do work for Jesus, yeah. and I get to work for Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world; it's you could be the only Jesus that your your friend or your coworker sees. And it's like you are a pastor. If you really look like it, it's an ecclesia. It's your church, <clears throat> you know. And you 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 might respond differently if you realize that their their souls and their lives are in your hand. You might respond differently. Um, it's and it's not something you take on and take off on Sunday mornings. Um, I was telling somebody the other day. You know, when you when you're in church, you act a different way. You, you know, I don't. I'm not never really threatened or tempted to sin. I just don't. But you know, if I can t if I can bring that along with me, if I can remember that, and that's it's a hard. But work for Jesus, and they're not going to listen to us, but they're going to listen to you. They're going to watch you. If you say you're a Christian, you immediately have. A bullseye on you and people are immediately watching you they know what a Christian should be and so I think we should we should really try to attain that we should really try to um, understand that those people in your sphere are people that need Jesus yeah really like that all that, that phrase of seeing what wherever you call to as your mission field yeah you really are at home with your children or yes. your family or in the workplace or in, in a church even the church life can become just church just life working yeah it could be just seeing individual people yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree that's really that's really good and that is the caution yeah. for working in ministry is that you gotta you know study show yourself approved you gotta keep out working your salvation and the truth is that sometimes here you can you just it's what we do it's not who we are and I think honestly if every person listening wherever you are sees it as is your your ecclesia your mm -hmm. church you might respond differently that's to good. things it's really good Okay, let's pick out another one. Okay, so in, in one, I think this is from Ephesians, uh, one of the words Paul called us to be was, was humility. And somebody was asking, um, what does it really mean to be humble? <coughs> That's a good question. Well, I've heard many different answers to that question, and the one I like the most is power. So meekness is, is like um, the control of the kind of like like something like anger that has such a power to be a negative re emotion and humility is more a power like um like your authority like you've been elected president and you're in the high place of the land or you're the or you're the ceo of the company mm -hmm. and you have this power over people yeah it's not just you know m using anger to control people or using lust to control people or using uh, greed to control people it's more like a power to a power over people and humility is when you have power and you are under control it's under control and in submission to others <coughs> meekness is when you don't use your power to be meek is to for instance one definition of meekness is to never be angry at the wrong time and always be angry at the right time mm -hmm. humility is more of a a positional power or a ability power something I didn't earn like I'm faster than you but I don't lord it over you you know I'm, I'm stronger than you but I don't make that a point in our relationship it's good humility is when you have a power a God-given power a a positional power and you don't use it to push people down but use it to bring them up it's good the, the reason I believe this is not the it's not what you're gonna find in the dictionary it's not what most people say because Humility seems to be a weakness when it's not. When you look at Jesus, he is defined as hum humble. If you were to read <laughs> all of the scriptures, uh, um, how he responds. Walt, no, Murray. Andrew. Andrew Murray wrote a book called Humility. And in it, he does all these scriptures of Jesus. It's, it's really the original uh, title was this before he published it was With Christ in the School of Humility. And so he just wrote the book Humility. And um, 
it's it's all these verses about Jesus humbling himself to the cross, that kind of stuff. Then and that's a perfect scripture. He humbled himself and and went on the cross. Because he knew who he was. Because he had the ability to speak and wipe out all those soldiers. The guy swinging the hammer, the hammer could have disappeared sure. in his hand. He could have destroyed those people lying about him. Sure. But he humbled himself to the cross. He submitted his power. He submitted submitted who he was. And the fact that he was sinless and, and blameless, he became sin. And all these different humbling things. And that's where you get the definition of humbling the best, of humility the best, really is look at Jesus. He is God in the flesh and let men arrest him, let men beat him. He never threw a, threw a punch back. He didn't curse back. Wow. He didn't defend himself when being accused. He didn't say, I didn't do anything wrong. He didn't say that, not even once. He said he stayed silent like a lamb led to the shearer, to the slaughterers. And um, he, he submitted himself even unto death. And you look at who he is. And so you can see the definition of humility very easy from that. And, and people will argue with you if you try to employ that. But then you say, well, the, the Bible says Jesus humbled himself, and that's what he did. So therefore, I have to conclude that humility in, in, in Christianity, the humility that we are supposed to conduct ourselves with, considers others not as better than ourselves, as more important than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, and it's not necessarily the person is more important. It's what Jesus did. Saving you is more important than my avoiding nice. pain, my avoiding accusation. I mean, they hung him with criminals. They, they accused him of crimes. They, they said this man said when they were lying about it. it was, they lied about him, but he didn't have to correct them. He didn't have to set the record straight. Everyone standing there looking on at him can think what they said is true, or they don't have to. And he humbled himself and let himself be a curse. He let himself be put down, thought, thought evil of. And that, to me, is the definition of humility. When you have a power, mm. when you know who you are, and you have a power that could destroy, it can control, it can lord over, and you allow others to control that. That's and you, you submit it to a higher purpose or a higher calling, like we're going to help you all enjoy your life. Even though I have the right to control your life, we're going to help you, we're going to help you enjoy your life. We're going to help you love your life. We're going to help you learn the truth. We're going to help you find grace. We're going to, you know, and I'm going to submit myself and sacrifice myself to that end. To me, that's humility. I think the definition, um, it's funny that you said the definition was um, probably not exactly right, but this one actually is, Marked by meekness or modesty in behavior, attitude, or spirit, not arrogant or prideful. I think that's really actually what, who Jesus was, you know, knowing who he was. I mean, there was times when he was very, very forthright and to the point so with the religious leaders and said exactly for their benefit, he called them brood of vipers and whitewash, you know, sepulchers and hypocrites. You know, I don't think it was how we would say that. <laughs> You know, I think the way I would say that to, to people would be way more um, diplomatic. I wouldn't be diplomatic. I think that Jesus was dip- I think Jesus had the truth, and the he knew who he was behind it. I think is what I'm trying to say. The importance of his words. He, I'm sure, it was very well thought out why he said that mm-hmm. for their salvation. Yeah. We say those things because we're trying to tear them down. Yes. Okay. What Steve said is so important is that it's it's when you know your power. You know who you are. You your ministry is to raise people up, and I think that's what meekness that's is: really is knowing good. your power and how do you our life to to make other people love as you've been loved. And I think that's the number one thing: is to love as you've been loved, yeah. and meekness comes with that. I really like that. Thanks, yeah, guys. humility. Okay, here's uh, another one. This is changing gears a little bit. Uh, he said, also said, uh, there are people I want to be close friends with. And others, I don't care to be close to. Does this mean that I don't love them? <laughs> that's good. No, that doesn't mean you don't love them. That means that you, 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 you. Sometimes you just have to move away from them just for the good of them. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's in that all vein of do I have to be? What is it? Re- friends with everybody to love them. Is that I think I'll, it's that same kind I'll of. I defer to Steve on this one. No, so there's a, there's a great deal of circumstances in my life where I know that if if I spend time with these people I will cause them to sin 
They will despise me. They won't like me. And so at the same time, there's other there's a whole other group that actually do despise me and don't like me. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they do terrible things. Mm-hmm. And but when they come, do, do I love them or not? Well, am I willing to serve? Am I willing mm-hmm. to give? And they'll come and they'll say, you know, the, 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 it'll become clear that they need something. In, in several cases, you go paint their house or you go, you go contribute anonymously to their fund or things like that. And I think that there's a great deal of uh, question that has to be answered before you can say whether you love those people or you're loving those people or not. Um, do you want them punished? Do you want them to fail so that they don't, so their behavior isn't rewarded? Do you want them to have consequences for their actions? Mm. Those kinds of things would be the answer to I love them or I don't love them. Mm. Um, And I I think it's really kind of touch and go. But there are many people that if I hang around with them, they will cause me to sin. Mm -hmm. Mm. I will cause them to sin. And I don't think it's I don't think I have to hang out with everybody and I don't think I have to go along with everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think even in Christian churches, there's this attitude. If we really loved each other, we'd all meet in one auditorium in each city. Right. And it's just not true. People were created differently. They they have all kinds of different loves and likes. And can you imagine us all having to listen to the same music or the same style of worship or the same system of church and everything? And I just think that the uh, you know, if. 31 flavors is a hit in ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you want to go to the vanilla ice cream store, you know, that's going to be a store and people are going to go to it, but it's going to be way less than the 31 flavors. Right. Because all of us can go to the 31 flavors and we can all enjoy it. We can all just, you know, go home. We can even go to the freezer case and each pick our own and go home and enjoy it ourselves. Right. But if Christianity is one flavor and one look, and then only one type of pe- one, group of people that like it one way get it right and so in christianity i don't think we all have to be buddies and i and i what we have to stop doing in christianity that that is more like like if i don't hang out with you is we have to quit um hindering each other Mm -hmm. criticizing each other tearing each other down and and trying to build ourselves up that's good and that's what we have to quit doing um, I, I want to build up Jesus. I want the truth to be built up mm-hmm. and a great, you know, I'm sure people can pick my stuff apart, but I, I, I want to try not to pick an individual's apart. I'm not that successful at it, but I don't want to tear people's yeah. s- words down their actions down. I just want to say, well, what I believe, what I want for me is I want vanilla, you know, and you can go ahead and like your Rocky Road. It's actually reversed. I love Rocky Road, and you can have your vanilla. But it's, I, I want to be Rocky satisfied Road. with you getting what you want and getting what you like, but I really don't want you to be deceived because the world system is trying to allow us our religion but deceive us into a lukewarmity. And I, I want to be able to say, hey, you're headed for a ditch without it causing us to hate each other. Yeah. And so I think that lukewarmity or... Uh, whether or not you love someone or not depends on what your intentions are. Do you want them punished again? Do you want them to ha- succeed? You want you hoping they fail? <clears throat> I think those are the ones that you That's know. Really good. I don't want you around me, you know, because I don't like you. Those, I mean, clearly you don't love that person. I don't like. I don't like them, but I love them. Is just an absolutely right. ridiculous <laughs> statement to say. But there are some people that we, for just for whatever reasons, whether <clears throat> personality interests, we just don't click right. with in right. that yeah, way yeah. and we can still love them because we'll serve them Correct. but we don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time with no. them I have a friend who talks about nothing but motocross couldn't bore me you could bore me to death talking about motocross motorcycles and motocross well we just shouldn't we shouldn't hang out socially but every once in a while we get together and talk about Jesus and we're best buds yeah. talk about motocross and I, like, I'm looking for a door <laughs> you know and it's just that I, I don't want to be I don't want to treat you as someone who's not I want to I don't want to treat you like I'm disinterested yeah. in you. So we better not hang out when you're really wrapped up about motocross. That's good. And it's, it's so there's a million other subjects, yeah, right? For sure. yeah. I like that. That's, That's really kind of what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, got time for a couple more. I think we do. Yeah, let's do a few more. Okay. Um, this one, let's go with. You didn't pre-pick them? I just, I wrote more. I thought we'd see how it flowed, you know? This one's from Kevin, actually, our 
producer of the he said what's your number one advice piece of advice for young people training to become leaders in the church become a person that can say to other people I'm safe to walk with walk with me follow me I'll show you the way Good. You want to be a leader? Take on the responsibility of other people's lives. Be willing to say to them, if you look in my closet, you'll be satisfied that I am what I say I am. That's good. I don't have secrets. The number one advice for leadership anywhere in the world is take responsibility for those you're leading. That's good. Look out over them. Make sure they don't get in trouble. Be willing to correct them and be warn them. Hated. And tell them, hey, you're headed in a ditch. Be willing to, even if they're not going to like it. Yeah. Be willing to be hated. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Be willing to be hated is a huge one. Just be yeah. willing to, I mean, I want you to like me. I'm, I'm, I want to like you, but I'm go, but my job to lead you is to try to get you to a point where you can walk on your own towards the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And you can say to other people, follow me. Mm -hmm. I'll lead you. The, I'll show you the way. And I will not, I, I may not may not be able to help you but i definitely won't hurt you that's good you won't find me cheating you won't find me sneaking i'm going to be true to what i believe i think that is number one number one number one number one number one that truth for leaders mm -hmm. is that yeah. because the road of christianity and christians is littered with with leaders who have not done that no and the damage is like like a 25 alabama hurricanes you know i mean it just <laughs> it's littered the ground is littered with pe people who just got broken yeah. because they they followed a leader who did not take his leadership role yeah. authentically doesn't mean that people are going to agree with you doesn't mean you know you read the words of jesus and not everybody agreed with jesus right. but he led the way he was who he was take it or lead it, leave it. And it's like knowing who you are and saying, follow me. And it's like, you know, you, no I guess what it is is no intentional sins. Right. People, Accidentally, you're going to sin. You make mistakes. People yes. might judge you, they might be mad you, at you, betray yep. you. Yep. But as long as you know that you're walking with Jesus. Love it. A, yeah. If you do that, I think you're, you're um, I don't think you'll hurt people. Now, people will get hurt, mm -hmm. like you said, but you won't hurt them. You'll know in your heart that you tried to do the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, and just be authentic. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Okay, here's another one. Let's do, uh, uh, okay, this one's an interesting one. Okay. It says, uh, in Luke 10, 19, it says that we can tread on scorpions, uh, et cetera, and nothing will harm us. If we do something we know might hurt us, but believe God will save us, <laughs> How does that work? Go ahead, Steve. Um, that was vague. But that's the question that I received. That's interesting because it's, um, it's, it's kind of it, it is very vague. It's yeah. like you do something you know will hurt you. Like it, I know, like Paul saying, "I'm going to Jerusalem, even though they're going to kill me." But this is obedience to God, and it's me, I'm there to preach to the gospel to the Jeru to Jerusalem. Now that's a wonderful thing to do. <clears throat> but if I do something like sin. like like hubba hubba ding ding, that girl's got everything. I want to mm -hmm. go with her, and I know it's gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be judged for it, but I'm gonna do it anyway because God will forgive me. Mm -hmm. I think that you're I think you're gonna find He's a little different than that. Be, be not deceived; God will not be, be mocked. mocked. And so, whichever answer you know, uh, in the one case, I go knowing this is gonna hurt. This is gonna leave a red mark. Yeah, I think it's to your credit. The I think Paul the apostle went knowing he's gonna be stoned and whipped and hated. Yeah. I think the heart of the question was like. It's saying, you know, we had the power to tread on the serpents and scorpions. And we okay. had the power. And so that, therefore, if I go and let a scorpion sting me, <clears throat> is God, what, am I not going to feel it? Or am I just going to? Like literally? Yeah. Like a rattlesnake? Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. What he's saying is I give you authority to stomp out hmm. scorpions. And what, you know, tread on? Overall, the power Meeting of walk on. Walk on is a term, a biblical time frame term of power over. Right. And so I give you authority to walk in this world unaffected by the snakes That's good. And, the, and, the, and the devil. Yeah. It's not about stinging. You get stung by a bee, it's going right. to hurt. So it's not a literal like this won't good. harm like you. Like bees it's stinging the, you won't yeah. hurt you. No. no. They will. No. Uh, and, and we try to, you know, Paul the Apostle has a, a snake 
comes out of the fire and hooks onto his arm and he says poison won't hurt you and snakes that's more like it mm. and and so far in my life i haven't met anyone like that paul had it and paul said we could have it but i haven't met anybody who hasn't gotten poison oak or gotten sick when they're sick and mm-hmm. had you know bees stung them it didn't hurt i haven't met anyone like that what this verse is talking about is power to walk above the enemy's power the enemy does this stuff the enemy gets you stoned now the enemy gets you killed all 11 of the apostles that were left after judas got martyred except from john got boiled in oil according to Mm -hmm. according to one historian john got boiled in oil and he survived it Mm -hmm. i think that's not exactly what I'm looking for in no. my life to be boiled in oil and, sur- and survive it. I'm mean, boiled in oil. Let me die. Yeah. You know, unless there was no effect. So there, so there's, so you have this Paul getting bit, yeah. John, maybe wow. in history's got boiled in oil, according to a historian and he didn't die and it didn't hurt him. You have Daniel in the lion's den. The lions don't eat him. You have Shadrach, Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego in a fire and it didn't get him. So there's that picture yeah. Of what I would, so you're taking me to a fire. Do I have 100% guaranteed it's not going to burn me? I don't think so. But I sure hope that I get that grace and that that's what happens. But this is, this is, this verse is talking about rejoicing that your name is written in the book, book of, of life. life. That's good. That's what this is about. Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you or that you can command them. What be, be happy that whatever they can do in this world you walk above it because even if they kill you, stone you, run you through with a sword, hang you from a tree, burn you in the village square like Polycarp, you are above it. Mm. And your your reward is in heaven. That's good. And that's what you should rejoice in. So that's what uh, this 1019 is about, yeah. is walking above the world system, good. knowing that even no matter what they do to you, they, they it's that don't fear him, him who can hurt your body, fear him who can hurt your soul. There's only one who can hurt your soul, and that's your Father in heaven. That's really fear good. him, not the devil. Walk above him. He can, all he can do is kill you. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's really helpful. Okay, last question for the day. How do you lead somebody who doesn't want to be led? Well, out loud. Unless you have, unless you, unless you're in a, um, in the army and you are an officer, you can force it. Mm. Unless you're a police officer operating under the law of a community, you can force it. it. When it comes to a voluntary thing like Christianity, you cannot lead someone who won't be led. You just have to learn how not to have them in your camp. You give them a chance. You lead them so far. You try as hard as you can. And when they won't, you have to say, let's go our separate ways. I'm looking for people who want to get where I'm going. And so for me, I have to, the the second answer to that question is, I have to make sure that I'm somewhere people want to go. Do they want what I have? Do they want the faith I walk in? Now, people might not, I'm I'm sharp and I'm, I I can be, you know, I'm sharp and I can, (laughs) I I can, you know, expose for them their wrong thinking. Mm -hmm. And some people might not want to be with me because they don't want theirs exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they might not want to walk with me. But those that do, the ones that look at where I'm at, and they, how do I get where you're going? Well, you've got to walk where I've walked, and that you've got to stop doing this. You've got to stop doing that. Yeah. You can't get where I am and think like this. Yeah. And you have to start thinking like that. And so those are the people who, who they're hard to lead, but once they give in to the idea of I want what you have, mm-hmm. I want the faith that you walk in. I mean, we have to, so we have to become somebody. How do you lead people that don't want to be led? You demonstrate for them a place that they have to desire to want to be. You have to, so you have to become somebody above reproach that can't, that can say, look in my closet that can say, examine me, scrutinize me. Mm -hmm. And if you see something you want, Come and follow me, and we will we will go together to the mountain of the Lord, and we will get you what you want. Your faith will increase. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the Spirit will increase. You'll see God's hand more often, and you'll have more peace about the things that happen in your life. Bad things happen in our lives lately. The b- bad things happen in our lives, and our faith is not diminished. That's good. And they, you should want that. If you see that in my life, you should want that. Yeah. Well, how are you going to see it if bad things don't happen to me? Mm. You can how only you see it if it? they do happen. And so how do you lead people that don't want to be led? 
All you can do is be what you need to be. That's right. Go after it with all your heart so that you can step up and say, listen, I see that you're struggling. Follow me and I'll show you the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I, I, I'll add to that question, maybe rephrase it slightly. For, um, where does like some of us want to save people, right? Sure. So, and we kind of like want to drag somebody along because mm-hmm. they're kind of showing a little bit of willingness, but they're not showing, they're not really completely willing so where does where does where does us trying to save somebody actually begin to hinder them rather than letting them make their own decisions want to go in the new cust- new testament all the examples of stories the letters they they don't hmm. they don't they cut them free yeah. what paul called it he, he turned turned him over for this to satan for the destruction of the flesh so that yeah, on brutal. the day of judgment he might be re- he might be saved be saved hmm. might so be. because us carrying people along like this, us mo- molly coddling people, it, it gives them that false sense of salvation where, where they live in a gray area, which we already talked about, is lukewarm. And lukewarm is never going to fly with Jesus. He says it's going to spew you out of his mouth. So that's like makes you sick, right? Makes him sick. And so th- they didn't do it. I mean, who didn't do it? Uh, the apostles. Okay. They and and for disciples, the greatest disciple is of, of of the twenty generations or however many generations two two thousand years is. You know, they were guys like Francis of Assisi who pioneered churches all over the world. You know, by sending out men to do this stuff. These Franciscan monks that were the product of his teaching. He he had no no bend. You do this and see it this way He'd and say it this way. He's intolerant. Yeah. He was intolerant of, of anybody sin. that wouldn't agree with him. Wow. And they just didn't get to be Franciscan monks. Mm-hmm. But what the, he did end up having was this, the, the best of the best and better than the rest kind of group of men who went out and did things. Now, you know, history has judged them harshly. Mm-hmm. But they, they went out and preached the gospel. And they, you know, those, those nations and those tribes are vastly Christian tribes and vastly Christian peoples uh, many generations later. And so the success is hard to argue with, but, you know, you can criticize some of the actions, you know, that we want to, we want to judge what they did. Right. But they, they were pretty amazing. I think, I think um, this is going to really sound harsh, but in in respect of of your question is that sometimes, okay, there's time wasters. they, They really are sent just to, eat up your time and not really dive in and you know you you got to do it as long as you can do it but sometimes it's like you just like steve said you got to cut them loose uh you know like sometimes we have to just look at it and say you you're not ready yeah you just don't want what we have this is all we have so sometimes we steve and i will say this is all we have is, mm. is jesus but li- li- living authentically um and being a leader says follow me as i follow christ you know, Jesus Jesus had some of those. Yeah. And he was really honest with them. You know, of course, we're not, obviously, I'm not to the level of Jesus at all, you know. But it, it really is that sometimes you just got to cut them loose until yeah. they're ready. You can't pull mm-hmm. them along because it's it's just not going to work. You can pull them along for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And we do. We pull them along for quite a while. But so, sooner or later, you got to say, choose you today who you're going to serve. Right. Yeah. And you got to remember, we believe that our actions responding to his cross mm are the only thing that matters. And, and that's not a very popular, it's not a very well widespread belief anymore. They believe it's finished. Yeah. And and so then they would, this wouldn't be the right counsel for them. No. They, they should hear me and come because the this this New Testament is absolutely Shockful. as clear as can be. You must be born again. You must be transformed. You were once like this. Now you must be like this. You wow. used to do these things. Now you must do these Work things. It's so clear yeah. that the works of the flesh are this and the works of the spirit are Correct. this. Mm. People who do this will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. So I don't want to be caught with my pants down. I want that to be very clear that we are about you get where you're going because of what you did. Because you're walking. You, Jesus did the whole work on the cross mm-hmm. to make it possible for you to do it. Without his work, it's impossible. The predestination is his plan to make a way for you. Mm-hmm. But only those who follow that way make it. That's only good. those who get on the straight and narrow find their way. It's not sitting in a chair saying, "He, oh, he gave me the way. Mm-hmm. He didn't give you the way. He made a way for you to find and follow, and That's he really will. I mean, I mean, on the way, he will absolutely almost carry mm-hmm. you yeah. if you're on the way. On the way, and you're, and you're moving, and you're going forward. And so, these people you're referring to that won't—they they just won't—and you just can't. 
all you're doing is hurting them by making them feel like they're okay when they're not okay. You got to get up and come with me or Mm -hmm. you got to be left behind. Mm. Um, We we're, we're going, if you ever want to try again, I say this all the time to people. If you ever want, if you ever decide you really want the kind of Christianity we're talking about, one that really works to provide grace and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness. Hey, I'll be here. I mean, and if I'm not here, I, in our world, I'd be easy to find on the internet. So, um, come see me. Yeah. And we will try again. But right now, you're just not ready. So I, I got to go. There's mm-hmm. people that are ready. There are people that want to be ready anyway. And so that's what you got to do. And I, you just can't lead people that don't want to be led. You can't teach people that don't want to be taught. You can't help people that want to be helped. Mm-hmm. They want to met what's a magic wand philosophy. We have so many video. So much video uh, in our lifetime now, your whole lifetime, Vicki and I, most of our lifetime, has been inundated with video, fantasy, Disney, cartoon, fa- all the different fantasy right. stuff, the wish upon a star stuff, yep. fairy tales. And so we all are, are in this wish upon a star mentality of magic wand, mm. you know, get me some fairy dust, three magic beans, and it's okay. And, and that's just not going to happen mm. in Christianity. The, 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 the whole magic came out of the cross of Jesus Christ, this free gift of God that if you follow it, if you believe the way he said believe, if you love what he said love, then you you have a, a reward that you could never earn. It's given to you. It's, it's made possible to you by the grace of God, the unearned mm-hmm. favor of God. That's good. That's good. Well, awesome. Thank you, guys. That was fun joining us and having some fun and also some depth and yeah it, it was good <laughs> it was a great episode Thanks for the questions and we'll be uh back next week when we're jumping into another book and i it fell out of my brain which one it is kevin do you remember first john so. first john um we're gonna en- dive into that so see you next time have a great week bye, bye. Amen. you've been listening to the uncommon truth thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.